Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Suntress here. Great conversation today with Daniel Way. You know, Dan, he did that great run of Deadpool with Steve Dillon uh, years back. Um, was uh, really a very dominant uh, Marvel writer from the early 2000s up until just about a couple years ago. Dan and John Proctor uh, for Marvel's Epic line wrote a book called Gun Theory. We only got about halfway through it. About two issues only came out, and Epic had its historical problems. We get into that with Dan, but the good news is um, the rights reverted back to Dan and John. They were able to finish it, and now Dark Horse is uh, putting Gun Theory out. And uh, we talk about that today. Uh, we get into a little bit about uh, Dan's days at Marvel. But, uh, man, he's been busy since then. I had no idea. Uh, Dan has organized a comic book convention up in uh, northern Michigan. We talk about that back in the day. But currently, if you are into geek-related crafts, Dan has a series of uh, conventions that are going on across the country in various cities. And uh, he's been doing this for a while now, and it's catching on. And uh, we talk about that as well, including um, the fact that Dan is now part of a, uh, a comics uh, virtual studio. A bunch of other fellow writers and artists uh, have gotten together with Dan, and uh, he talks about his comic collective. And finally, because of his long association with uh, Steve Dillon and even Darwin Cook, uh, because uh, we lost them both this year, uh, I wanted to get uh, Dan's thoughts on uh, those two great comic creators. So, a uh, tremendous conversation with Dan Way on uh, this episode of Word Balloon. It is brought, brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com, where I am betting there are a lot of Dan Way trade paperbacks for uh, you to check out. You know, Dan's had some really interesting uh, story runs. You can get things like Dan's run on Astonishing X-Men, uh, The Arc Monstrous, Volume 7 of the trade paperbacks, is 42% off, just $9.85. Dan did a lot of writing of Dokken, uh, Dark Wolverine, Wolverine's son, and uh, here's some uh, great examples of that. Uh, there is uh, Wolverine Empire, co-written with Marjorie Liu. And uh, this book is 42% off. You can get it in trade for $11.59. You can get Dan's complete collection of Deadpool. Uh, uh, Dan, and actually a little bit of Annie Diggle in that. Volume 1 is 42% off, just $20.29. Same price for uh, Volumes uh, 2 through 4. There are lots of single arcs of Dan's run on Deadpool as well, uh, including X Marks the Spot, Volume 3, which is 42% off. $9.27. In fact, all of uh, the uh, Deadpool trades, for the most part, are $9.27. Some you can get as low as $8.69, like uh, Dan's uh, tie-ins to Secret Invasion and Dark Rain. uh, How did uh, Deadpool react to those events? Uh, Those books are available at 42% off, just uh, $8.69. Tip of the iceberg for Dan Way stuff at InStockTrades.com. All right, let's, uh, let's get our conversation going with Daniel Way. It's uh, great to welcome him back to Word Balloon. Here we go. It's Daniel Way, and it's been a while, but uh, I'm glad to welcome him back to Word Balloon. It's always a pleasure, Dan. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you, too, John. And uh, I am very happy that Gun Theory has uh, found a nice uh, publishing home. You know, for people, and you've been on before to talk about Gun Theory. It's had a, it has, it's had a storied history, and, and I almost <laughs> yeah. like where it first uh, came from. To, and so to remind people, because it's an imprint that didn't last long, but actually, you know, there were a few really significant books that came from uh, this imprint. So uh, remind that, remind people where it started. That, 
Well, it actually what you what you're talking about is is Marvel's Epic imprint. Uh, it actually started before that. Um, the so in 2000 2001, you know, I I just started doing uh, some stuff for Marvel, but you know, I was uh, it was just you know a story here or there, and I was continuing on you know with my self publishing stuff, which is where I started, and um, I had uh, uh, thanks to Diana Schutz, I was I was. Uh, talking to this artist, John Proctor, about, you know, working on something. I said, I've got this script that I've had. You know, at that point, I had had it for, you know, five, six years, just kind of kicking around. Um, I think this would be cool to work. And we actually did, uh, the. I think we did it as like an eight, 80 pages. I think it was 80 pages. Uh, maybe it was only 48. I'm pretty sure there was an eight in there as kind of a, like a graphic novella kind of thing. Okay. And, um, we printed up like a, I think like a 10 page preview copy, like a mini comic kind of thing. We actually took it to, uh, San Diego comic con. That was my first San Diego comic con. And, uh, we're selling them for like a dollar. Well, we sold them for a dollar for like the first day or two. And then John and I were like, we hate selling things. So we just, we wrote, you know, free on the table and we just dumped them on all on the table <laughs> and we just went and, you know, we're in California, you know, we're, yeah, like, we're, we're going to go do the California thing. Um, at some point during that show, um, uh, Axel, Axel Alonso came up to me and, uh, he's like, what is, what is this thing? What is this? What is, you know, this little, little book you have. And I said, well, this book gun theory. Why didn't you tell me about this? Well, it's not a you know it's not a Marvel comic book. It's not what you guys do. And he's like, like actually, we it, it will be you know keep this under your hat, but we're going to revive the epic line, and uh, we're looking for you know kind of non superhero stuff. And uh, yeah, I'd love to take a look at it. So that's where you know that deal came from, and we were going ahead with it on our own, and then. You know, the idea of, you know, we had to make changes to it because they weren't going to put it out as a graphic novel or a graphic novella. Um, they wanted to do, you know, uh, 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 you know, monthly, like a, a mini series, you sure. know, and the story didn't break that way. You know, you couldn't, um, it didn't fit into 22 page increments. So, and so John and I had a conversation and it just seemed like that was a much smarter deal because you know epic was 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 great you know we retained you know ownership of the property and um so and we just we, we'll be able to you know theoretically get it out to a much bigger audience um so we said yes sign the deal where we were with axel and bill jemis and you know back in the 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 kind of the wild west days of of uh turn of the turn of the century marvel yeah <laughs> and uh we got the first issue out and then there was some, the way it was explained to me is that someone out on the West coast, uh, had been, they had been kind of burned, uh, by, I, I think it was a, a max project that they had had some issues with. They were trying to sell it. They had a deal on the forks and then someone saw the max version and, 
Uh, so the when they then later found out that they had this property on their books that they didn't own, <laughs> and I guess um, they kind of went through the roof, and that was the end of Epic. Um, to their credit, uh, Marvel uh, called me up, and they're like, we're embarrassed, we're sorry, you know, um, this absolutely wasn't our intention. Um, we're going to send you a, a, you know, the a rights reversion letter immediately. And, uh, and they did. So, you know, it, as bad as that situation was, it definitely could have been worse. That being said, uh, you know, we'd only gotten two issues out. Um, and that will, and that was why the delay in the second issue is because we were all of a sudden in, Oh God, I, I missed, it's been so long ago and it's so bizarre, but so the, actually the delay for the second issue is because they, we were contacted by Marvel and they said, we're going to have to change your contract. And we're like, Oh, Oh boy, here we go. You know, this is going to be terrible. The contract that they came back to us with was a better contract. Wow. <laughs> and we were like, what? You know? And, and then I swear it was really quick. I mean, like weeks later, they're like, Epic's done. And, it, it, and that was it. Wow. Um, so it, it went, you know, it was just like high point, fear, higher point, desolation. You know, it was done. And it, 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 and then it, it took forever to get back to it for a couple of reasons. One, it left a bad taste in my mouth. You know, every time I would I would look at the work, it'd be like, it, I just couldn't divorce myself from those memories. Okay. And two, I was just busy. <laughs> I was writing a lot of books. You know, I uh, started picking up a ton of work at Marvel. So uh, it really wasn't until I kind of I was, you know, uh, done with Marvel that I uh, had to take stock of everything and kind of choose, how, you know, my next step. You know, which is when then we then we did a the Kickstarter book or the Kickstarter campaign, which is I was I think the last time I was on here. That's what I was talking yeah, about. Uh-huh. Um, and well, John probably won't like the fact that I'm bringing this up, but I had told him I said, you know, the the way to go about this is that you kind of ask for the least amount of money you can do it for, and um, then you just hope that you. You, you know, surpass that amount. And usually you do, you know, um, the way Kickstarters go is that you know, once they kind of get within earshot of that goal, then, then you're going to make it. And then, and then it's just, it's, it's not, it's no longer people kind of, uh, it's no more like an investment thing or just, or a vote of confidence. They're just ordering books from you. Mm-hmm. So it, it, the, the dynamics change and that's where you p- start picking up a lot more money at the end. If you're in that zone. But um, it, I, I, you know, it's to do a graphic novel. You know, the art side of it, just the the time is a lot. And and John was like, "Now we gotta gotta do it for this number." I said, "Okay, you know, we gave it our best shot." But I knew, I mean, we knew pretty early on. Like, I don't think we're gonna make it. And uh, I had I've been contacted by I've known Scott Alley for years. And um, he had uh, contacted me about something else, and 
uh, it was actually a, pro- a project that I was working with at, at Dark Horse at the time. And um, I just kind of threw it out there. I was like, uh, you remember that, that book that we started at Epic? It's called Gun Theory. It's like, yeah. What, what, what's going on with that? I said, uh, it's being published at Dark Horse? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. Yeah, let's make that happen. So uh, then I told him we were doing a Kickstarter, and, and he was like, oh. Um, that that for whatever reason, Dark Horse doesn't get excited about um, people bringing their Kickstarter books to Dark Horse. Um, I don't know why that is, but it's just the way they're structured. Hmm. And uh, so that didn't thrill the publisher. So I said, uh, "Well, if it's if it if it matters, I don't." think it's going to work out and then so he's like oh i don't know if that's good or bad i said well let me let me see if we can salvage this so i called up john we had a conversation and i said we need to kind of um kill this thing because sure. <laughs> at this point you know if something strange happens and then we anyway uh so i i put out you know an update to the backers and i basically said uh you know good news and bad news uh bad news is we're not going to make it and you know if you've got a kickstarter and you put out that message this just you know it's done you know if you're not if you if you don't believe in it then no one will and but at the same time i said but the good news is, is that we've been approached by a publisher and i didn't name him at that point and um this book will be coming out which was another you know why which is another way to kill it because they're like well you don't need our help anymore so really you think um and but that that way we were able to immediately move into making a deal because we didn't have this thing hanging out there uh, because it was it was it was immediate it was totally threw cold water on it because the the pledges just stopped it was full stop <laughs> you know it's not like they slowed down it just quit okay um, yeah and then we just started putting together the the deal for gun theory and I, and uh, because of you know what we had dealt with in the past we were just we were pretty straightforward we were like well here's here's the deal on gun theory um you guys can't change anything uh we're gonna do whatever we want and um yeah that's it um and it doesn't go out the door until you know it gets our final approval okay and they were like yeah fine <laughs> I was like, oh, great. Okay, well, let's do this book. And we did. That's cool. Finally so, got it out the door. Yeah, what, what is the final page total? And uh... I actually don't even remember. It's, it's somewhere around 150. Maybe it's a bit more. I'm not sure. Okay, okay. That was the other thing. We just kind of, uh, when the story was done, it was done, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, and it was, it was a nice story, sure. Yeah, um, but it, there was... You know, there was a reason why I had to kind of put a lot of thought into, you know, like what I was going to do next because I, I knew I was done. <clears throat> I guess not just working with Marvel. I was just, I was just done. Per, you know, being on the assembly line of comics. Sure. Um, I just done so many books that the 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 most important thing about them was that they'd be done right now, um, and them being done right was way further down the list you know um i wanted them all to be right and i would drive myself nuts 
uh, over that, um, particularly about things that I had no power over. And it's just, I was just going into burnout. Um, and the thing is, I, I love comic books and I love creating comic books. So it, it was just, it was just time to go. Um, and it, the only thing that would bring me back to it, one is I just had to get my head straight, which in my case meant getting sober and kicking dope. And then uh, just kind of figuring out what I really wanted to do. And what I really wanted to do was what I started out doing. I just wanted to create new things and, and tell stories in new ways. And that's why, you know, I don't know how, gun theory is going to be received because there's a lot of kind of experimental things in there, things that I've wanted to try for a long time. Um, and I would, you know, uh, I would end up doing like a half measure of it at best in a lot of, in a lot of Marvel books because those books weren't built for these kind of experiments. And, and it's not what they were. I don't know. They, they didn't belong there. Um, but they, a book like Gunther is exactly where it belongs. So um, I, in a lot of cases, it, it, it came down to um, kind of because I had, you know, John's a friend of mine. So I would call him up and we would talk through scenes and it, it was really reductive. You know, I, you know, this is what, you know, I, he, I would write the script and then this is what the character is saying. This is what is happening. And then we would figure out a, a nice way to kind of have do that kind of unreliable narrative thing where characters saying one thing, but doing a different thing. And at times it, it, it's evident that the character fully believes what they're saying, even though they're doing something completely, you know, not exactly the opposite, but counter to it. And I don't know. So that it gives the opportunity to the reader, the opportunity to point out, you know, to call bullshit on some stuff. I don't think you get, you get that a lot in kind of mainstream fiction. You know, where there's, it gives you ample room to kind of make your own assumptions and kind of fill in your own ideologies. And I mean, that's the kind of work that I like, kind of stuff that I like to read. Um, the in the case of Gunther, you know, you have a, the main character who is he's a murderer, <laughs> and when you first meet him, he's dying, and so the story is how he got to that point. But uh, I don't know. You, you, it doesn't end how you. I don't think it ends how most people would think it would end. And frankly, at least I hope it doesn't, um, because throughout the course of the story, my hope is that readers are going to start making assumptions, and you know, then I can kind of play counter to that, or you know, go along with it, or vice versa. They go along with me. I don't know. Right. <laughs> At this point, I think I'm kind of rambling. No, no, but I, I understand what you're saying, and I and it's part of the what got us to this point. I always like the idea of the book. I also like several of your other ideas that I'm sure, are hopefully, uh, coming coming soon. Uh, you know, Stanko gets the ladies. I don't know if you, you, that was something that you talked oh, yeah. about a long time ago. Oh yeah, that's still out there. I've, I've talked to a couple of people about it. You know, I've got. Um, well, I have a. I did another Kickstarter campaign for a book that that you know that, that was successful. It was very successful, actually. Um, we're finishing that up now. What book was that again? I think we talked about. It's it. a Kill Crazy Nympho's Attack. Oh, hilarious! Was that with yeah. the uh... the Saska twins? Yeah. Yes, the sisters. Yeah. Yeah, the filmmaking I was sisters. Just, 
I was just talking to Jen on the phone earlier today. That's awesome. Um, yeah, that's uh, – we'll, we'll probably have to do a whole other interview on that because there's a lot going on there. That'd be my pleasure. Um, okay, good. But, uh, yeah, that was a ton of fun. That was that – was, that was uh, – <laughs> I actually – if people – I've had, I had that story idea for so long – as a matter of fact, I did this early on in my career. I did an interview that's become kind of infamous. It was, it was a career, or it was an interview with, I can't even remember with whom. It was about the Ant-Man Max book that I was working on, but that and, and it got shelved because of the content. And I mentioned that I was that I was working on this story, and that was in like 2003, I think. Crazy. Something like that, yeah. That Max line really, um, I felt bad because... It, it on one hand I thought there was so much really good content that came out of it and it mm-hmm. got negative responses from power brokers rather than the audience yeah. and that's what sucks because you know yeah. Garth, Garth Ennis's fury I know was mm-hmm. was fun and and really unapologetically crass as it but but to explain a, a side of fury as this Cold War vet, that came mm-hmm. from uh, a time period where it was okay to behave badly, and, mm-hmm. and it was a, a shade of fury that was plausible. But and I and I seem to remember that, and I don't know if this was the one thing that you were talking about, but George Clooney or somebody wanted yeah. fury. Yeah, is that That's is that it. the one? There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, go. and and his and his production company saw it, and it's like, well, I don't want. Uh, Nick Fury to be, you know, surrounded <laughs> yeah. by a bunch of drunken, uh, unconscious Asian hookers. You know, right. I mean, and again, it was a parody. It was, you know, and it was funny. I mean, and again, it's, you know, I don't know. I talked to guys like Tony Hendra, who worked for National Lampoon. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we're, we're in this era of, of safe uh, content and let's not piss people off. In fairness, well, you Marvel 2 just... was trying to broaden its brand and this is kind of was the genesis well, of marvel yeah, movies you, and wanted to yeah to a, you have broad to audience. you have to understand that that back then you know 2001 or so you know uh 2000 marvel was the company was circling the drain yep you know yep um almost almost bankrupt ready to and be it was is the the and it was basically just do whatever you do whatever it takes to get we need a pulse right you know just and so it was in all honesty it was actually a really fun time to work there it was chaotic and and the ground would move very quickly and you know very seismically uh uh uh, under your feet but uh it was exciting you know there, there weren't there was you could you could get away with a lot but you know, when you have when the restrictions kind of fall away, it's it's not like you're just unrestricted from saying you know fuck. You can that you can do all kinds of things that sure. wouldn't normally kind of fit into the constraints of 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 uh, you know your standard kind of. Uh, 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 PG, yeah, uh, PG thirteen rated, yeah, right, right. Well, that was the thing, and um, but I, you yeah, know. It, it, but nowadays, it, and I can tell you, you know, just from a creator standpoint, is that you just it, the toughest thing is that you you just don't want to be the subject of the daily outrage. Well, sure, you know, and, <laughs> and it's and it's it's really stifling. Um, 
because it's just I don't know. I, I don't even I don't even frankly the as as I'm talking right now, I'm just screaming at myself inwardly, stop, shut up, don't talk about it. <laughs> All right, man. No worries. It's just it it's just nuts, you know. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a different Marvel at a very different time. And uh, yeah, and again, unfortunately, it, it was success was happening in a mainstream way, and all of a sudden, a lot of these kind of left. Well, that, that's the first, the first, you know, the first kind of blush of, of Marvel, the first Spider-Man, the first X-Men. Right. You know, uh, you know, publishing didn't benefit from that. Right. <laughs> we were all sitting there and and watching the you know the box office returns come in and and you know while we ate our ramen noodles. <laughs> I hear you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Well, and uh, yeah, different people in charge and stuff. You know, it's uh, yeah, Avi Arad. I know was the one guy guy making mm-hmm. the deals and stuff, and he's not there anymore for a very obvious reason. So you know, and and yep. and, and now you see where Marvel movies are. And it is all mm-hmm. one Marvel, and now also Marvel Television, and that. Mm-hmm. So uh, no, it's a different company now. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's like a lot. A lot of projects got orphaned because of that. Um, yeah, I had two of them. There you go. Exactly. Man. <laughs> I had a Deathlock series, which uh, I, I've, I've got it. Just I just we, me and Derek Robertson just have to get together and just kind of repurpose that one because it was a lot. God, I hope fun. so. I, I know. Of and then and then a, an Ant Man book. That thing's had a lot of starts and stops, though. Okay, but you know that's like I know, um, God, and I'm now I'm blanking on the name of uh, what it became when it was at Wildstorm. But I know two guys who had a failed Doctor Strange pitch, and they were oh, able yeah. to they were able to reconfigure it into its own thing, and it did finally mm-hmm. come out, and it, it was very different from Doctor Strange, but it was fun and it was a great idea. I mean, you know, when you get down to it, Deathlock, you strip it right down, and it is just a cyborg story. So hopefully, I hope you and Derek yeah. are able to uh, repurpose that. Why not? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if, if Derek's got time, you know, he's got. I understand that too. That 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 that, uh, that Derek Robertson's got uh, he's got the mojo working currently. Yes, indeed. No, I finally met him. I can't remember if it was this Cincinnati or the previous Cincinnati. Uh, Tony Moore. Oh, Derek. Yeah. yeah he's, oh, he's good guy. Sweetheart. Yeah, yeah, good guy. Absolutely, man. Yeah, genius artist. Absolutely, man. Well, and the same goes for Proctor, obviously, too. I mean, and I'm glad. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you guys were able to finish. When does it come mm-hmm. out? I think at, it's either like the, the second 14th? or third week of December. Okay, yeah. Okay, so yeah, probably yeah. like the 14th or the uh, or the 21st. Excellent, mm-hmm. man. You're going in a lot of directions right now. Well, tell me about um, some other stuff you got going on. Uh, uh, well, you know, apart from um, you know making comic books. Uh, so I have this other thing um, that's kind of kind of related to comics because yeah. it's geek, geeky. Yeah, geek related, uh, definitely geek adjacent. So my <laughs> I. I've I've been to a lot of comic book conventions around the world at this point, and um, especially uh, you know nowadays in the last few six seven eight years, um, most uh, I buy two kinds of things at comic book conventions. One is um, really small press books, cool. you know, the like zines and stuff. And I love them. Yeah, and Great the other thing. Is I love these uh, handmade crafty things that people will make, and they take some aspect of 
geek culture, and it's usually like the thing that they geek on, right? Mm-hmm. And then they marry that to whatever kind of you know crafting skill they have, and out comes these super cool little, you know, be they knickknacks or or you know clothing or or you know furniture. I mean, just all kinds of sure, stuff, right? Sure. Um, and it, uh, my fiance Kim, she. she pretty much the same way because of course she's kind of a you know amateur crafter on her own i'm i like doing like woodwork and you know some welding here and there just for because i'll have an idea of like man i I really wish i i really want this and then that thing doesn't exist so i'm like well well, i'll make it you know that's great that's great sometimes it's pretty great uh sometimes (laughs) it's kind of sometimes it's not so great (laughs) um well the, the problem is like if Every time you do this, if you only make one, then uh, I'm actually, as I'm doing this interview, I'm sitting in my daughter's room, and I made her crib. And it's kind of a marriage between kind of uh, 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 Japanese or like more like a Chinese pagoda kind of swooping bow thing, but also married to kind of a shaker-style, you know, American, uh, you know, craftsmanship. And, okay, um, yeah. It, the uh, people come over; they love it. I've, I've actually had people ask me to make them one, and I promptly refused. <laughs> but um, as I stare at it, I could, I could, I can point at six things right now that, if I were to make it again, not only would it the end result be better, I could do it faster. You know, so if everything you make is a one-off, and this is the story of my life, you know, I do this is that you're always going to look back and say, oh, I, I could have done this, or I could have done that. <laughs> you know, that's the problem when you're dealing with all these variables. Uh, but anyway, um, so I had this, uh, I got dragged to a, a craft fair and I did not have a good time and we were talking about it and I said, you know what I would enjoy is if there was a craft fair that was just all of that handmade geeky stuff from like Artist Alley at a convention. Sure, like the steampunk stuff and yeah, whatever. Yeah, it runs the gamut. Yeah, everything from you know, Doctor Who to, to steampunk to you know cosplay to prop making to, to just everything, anime. Um, that kind of stuff because it's not just the – you know whatever the kind of the focus of the fandom is. It's also the, the craft work of it. And uh, – you know, we were in the car talking about this, and then, um, so Kimmy's on her phone, and she's like, "I don't think that exists. At least it doesn't exist on Google." And I was like, "And I, I just, I, I, I had um, back in like 2009, I had, I uh, uh, co-created a comic book convention up in Traverse City, Michigan, and co-owned it with a, a comic book store owner." And I just recently uh, sold it, and so anyway, I said, "Well, I have experience, you know, running a convention and, and doing all this stuff, and this is kind of similar. So, how about if I just make a craft fair? You know, why not? <laughs> um, I I, th- I, th- I would go, and and uh, um, and the the everyone we told about it, they would get so excited that I said, "Well." Or I need to bring in some more people uh, to handle all the stuff that they either don't know how to do, you know, social media, marketing, that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, 
and also, you know, ask Kimmy to to get involved because she's she's Kimmy just she has better taste than I do, and you know she she knows what if she looks at something and says, yeah, people would buy that. It, people are usually going to buy that. And so she's like, so because I wanted to make it a curated market. I didn't want it to just be a pay-to-play kind of thing mm-hmm. um, because that, that would just be, I don't know, too flea market. And uh, so, yeah, we ended up setting up 16 of these things, like all over the continent, even in Hawaii. And uh, they're all just taken off. It's become like a big thing. Uh, Geek Craft Expo is what it's called. Uh, I have to fly out for our first uh, Seattle show um, in Thursday morning. So okay. Day after tomorrow, yeah. Excellent. All right, good deal. And you got other shows uh, lined up for 2017? Oh, yeah. Um, we've got, I mean, as far as what's been announced, we've got one coming up in uh, Raleigh-Durham, uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, we'll be, we did a show in Portland, Oregon, in June, we're going to go back and do that again. All, uh, pretty much all these shows are annual events. Um, and then we're actually, uh, I don't know, maybe February or March, we're going to announce new shows. Uh, Terrific. Because all, all of them are kind of in various stages of, of development. Because it, it takes a while because I'm picky about, you know, kind of where they're going to be. And um, I don't want to just set up shop in some convention center because I don't particularly like convention centers that much. <laughs> you know, I'd rather sterile. find like a, yeah, like, yeah, really sterile and you know, not really conducive to hanging out. I mean, most conventions I'm there, you know, I love meeting, meeting and talking with fans, but apart from that, I, you know, if, if I'm not doing that, I'm running for the door. I just, I mean, I'd rather just <laughs> stay, about stand outside. That's even, that's better. Most of the time when um, I see you at a convention, it is outside and it's because you're having a smoke yeah. a cigarette break. And also, uh, you know, yeah, you're like, oh, I can't, and I know you've said that before. I can't wait to get outside and everything. And, you know, yeah, back to the it's real just, world. It, no, it is. It's yeah. kind of this incubator of like, yeah, it's just that sterile, kind of thing it's tough because on the one hand you know you need a big space for the bigger conventions so mm. there are only so many options and then by the but yeah token, if you, you know, that's it takes time you can find them like these great old like ballrooms and um you know like um vfw halls sure. and where they have some character. Uh, old those theaters are, those are smaller yeah. those are smaller venues though right well, sometimes what's what they'll do is, you know, it used to be this and then they'll, you know, they'll break right. out a wall here or there, you know, repurpose it. And, okay. uh, um, you know, sometimes, yeah, we have to get kind of inventive, you know, and be like, well, um, you know, this this one's going to be two or three floors, you know, but that's all. It ends up being just a much cooler event sure. and, and, and people end up hanging out like all day long. Um and and it's just I don't know it, it seems I I, I ha, like I said I have a good time and and a lot of the you know the 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 usual suspects show up you know we uh, cosplayers show up at the events you know and and that's great because like oh, sure. I mean to us that's like totally normal um, well and if it's the theme of what you're trying to do too yeah I mean and yeah, clearly too that's your audience that's who you're and I'll tell you what's you know. great is you know the way we market this is uh, we spend a lot of time uh, for the most part we put our effort into kind of preaching to the non-converted um, yeah we we get the word out through comic shop 
shops and, and various you know comic conventions and stuff. But the fact of the matter is, <clears throat> you know, when these comic book movies open, you know, the comic book shop sends all of their people to the theater, but the theater doesn't send all their people to the comic book shop. Right, right. So this stuff is much bigger. You know, it's it's in a bigger market, and all of those people, those millions and millions of people. They think that geek culture is just something that they buy at the mall, you know. <laughs> it's like, and they think, "Oh, I'm going to buy this, and this is going to—that's so cool and quirky." And you know, to us, you're like, "What?" You know, no, 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 no. Um, so when we can kind of open the door for them and say, you know, if you like that stuff, that's cool. That's step one. Now, do you would you like to see the good stuff now? Sure. And we get them in the door and. And it's just all walks of life. It's people who, you know, we do all these shows, but all they all function as a, as a, it kind of, um, they complement, they're part of that local geeky, crafty scene. Yes, yes. Um, I was going to so, ask yeah, about that. I everyone kind of... is, yeah, we don't, um, you know, like the Seattle show has people from, you know, the Seattle, Seattle area. area. Sure. Uh, and um, so when you buy something at these shows, you're buying it from someone local. You're spending your money locally. Which is awesome, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, I grew up in the Midwest in a town that got decimated by, you know, everything. Yeah, well, auto <laughs> industry know, leaving think, and things yeah, like that. No, the, yeah, the West where, Belt where, is known, the, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, where I grew up, there, the only thing left is, is an off-ramp and a Walmart. You know, some fast food yes. joints. Yes, no, I understand, man. No, and that's no, that's the Midwest in a nutshell. I'm lucky to be mm-hmm. in Chicago, where you know, as changes have happened, it's a big enough city that it's you know transitioned to different things. But I mean, Chicago mm-hmm. struggles as well. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's remnants of hog butcher to the world, as we were known. You know, the stockyards, <laughs> the gates to the yeah. stockyards are still there, and stuff like that. And uh, no, uh-huh. and you know, to the north of us, yeah, Michigan, was Wisconsin, you know, mm-hmm. are have you know, remnants of the auto industry that have, you know, gone and yeah, a lot of, a lot of midsize and smaller cities and stuff have had to regroup well, that. That's why, that's, that's why I, I set up that convention up in Northern Michigan because, you know, that's where I grew up. Sure. And that was, there Cherry, was Cherry City Con or Cherry Capital Comic Cherry Con. Cherry Capital. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember that one. Yeah, man. I didn't know you, we talked about this off the air. Yeah. I didn't know you were, yeah. uh, a co-owner. I'm like, oh man. Well, dude. I kind of stayed under the radar, you know, for the most part. You know, I, when, you know, when when we would bring in guests, I think maybe some of our guests were just like, why is Daniel Way helping me carry my bags and shit? But <laughs> the <laughs> the uh, it was just important to me. One, I wanted to to bring something back, you know, because there was nothing f- for me as a fan growing up. You know, I had to go somewhere for it, you know, and like all the fans up there, if they wanted to go to a convention, um, they could, you know, they had to drive down to Detroit or Chicago and, and, uh, but I can say that, you know, we started Cherry Capital Comic Con in 2009 and now there's conventions all over, not just Northern Michigan, but Michigan. I mean, we spawned, I don't know, 15 other conventions. Yeah. Uh, and it's not just in Michigan, you know, like, uh, it's, all over the country, uh, a lot of our past guests, um, because I've always been you know, really transparent with this stuff. You know, I tell them because when people would ask, you know, people who who realized that I was that it was my show, you know, they would ask me about things. I'd be like, I tell them exactly how I did it. Sure. And then a, a pretty high percentage of those former guests went out and started their own shows. Wow. 
And they're great, and they're all like you know smaller regional shows, which you know any creator will tell you that doing an appearance at those shows really moves the needle because you're at the, at the really big shows. It's you can't really you're a blue. Uh, yeah 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 man. But you you show up in the ass end of like West Virginia, you know, and and they're just so happy that you came to them. Absolutely. You know, yes. and and you get to meet people, and you know, especially as a writer, you know, that's really what it's all about. Because um, you're not there doing commissions or sketches, you know, right. selling a hell of a lot. Uh, so you just meet someone, sure. you know, and just have that kind of back and forth, and then hopefully, you know, next time they see your name on something, like, oh yeah, I met that guy. He's not a total asshole. <laughs> I'll give I'll give I'll give no, this book a shot. You know, again, you know? Tony Moore's since uh, he show, which really is Covington, North in North Kentucky. Uh, mm-hmm. No, that's exactly what that show is. It's a great, mellow, uh, it's a small con, but because Tony knows a lot of people like you do and stuff, he gets great mm-hmm. creators, and it's a great kind of chill end-of-summer convention that's a nice, pleasant hang, and the locals mm-hmm. love it, and I know even beyond the locals and stuff, no, you get that tri-state area traffic, mm-hmm. and they are, they're very appreciative. I told I told the convention, I'm like, bring Marty Pasco out, the old Superman writer <laughs> from DC. Yeah. He had a blast. And and really, like, I know they were all like, it was great. They're like, oh, it's really, you know, great to meet you and older mm-hmm. fans and younger fans. And it, it was, I know he had a great time and and, and they loved it too. So I was happy yeah. to, in a small way to go, yeah, bring Marty. Marty's, Marty will love this. <laughs> so no, I hear you. Um, one of our, actually, uh, Tony was a guest of my show. There you go. And probably was inspired <laughs> by that. There you go. Because uh, he's only done like three or four of the uh, since he Yeah. So that doesn't surprise me, man. Very cool. That's great. Uh, but, yeah, the other point I wanted to make about the, um, the people at Geekcraft Expo is yeah. that we get so many people that come in the door because the, what brought them in the door was, the, you know, they heard uh, craft fair or they heard, yes. you know, local artisans. And yeah. that's what brought them in. And... Th- this is their first exposure, you know, to geek culture. And, you know, this maybe the coolest thing about us as a group is how inclusive we are. Sure. You know, I maybe agree. it's because so many of us didn't get picked for the basketball team, you know? No, but you We're know, like, in, in the... no, you could be on my team, man. You know, we, you know, come on in. Like, and I've uh, countless times, I see them come in and they're just like, uh, and I'm like, let me show you around, you know? Well, and, um, and, and the socially awkward people and even the cool mm-hmm. set that stumbled in, and they don't know mm-hmm. where to start. And you're right about that. I think that's one of the great things about geek culture. Everyone yeah. is welcome. Yeah, and I mean, I figure I'm just doing my part. You know, I'd, I, I'm completely at ease hanging out with a bunch of nerds. You know, I have sure. the best conversations. <laughs> These are my people, right? So, you know, the more I can make the world like that, the better. No, I Plus, agree. you know, a lot of these crafters, you know, we give them, you know, we have now that this is giving them, it really is, you know, if, if you're, you know, you're a geeky crafter, this, we've kind of focused the market for you and given you a venue. And we get people, it, it's, it's, it's super cool when one of our past exhibitors will contact us and they'll be like, hey, I just wanted you to know, quit my day job. You know, I'm jumping in and we're, and, and you know, as someone, you know, I, I did that, you know, sure. when I finally quit my job working in the kitchen and it was scary, but it was the best thing I ever did. Absolutely. But, you know, 
one of the best things I ever did. No, I agree. And then, um, yeah, that's awesome. Well, and I'm just, we're, so we're super stoked when that happens, you know? So it's geekexpo.com or what's the? Geek, geekcraftexpo.com. Geekcraftexpo.com. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the URL and that's where to go to mm-hmm. find the shows that might be coming near you. And how mm-hmm. even uh, maybe uh, somebody uh, entrepreneurial might approach you for a new location as well, I would imagine. Yeah, we get, uh, you know, this thing's really kind of snowballed. Uh, this past week, I've been, I've taken so many calls from, believe it or not, like corporations, and I'm not talking about small ones, um, interested in sponsorships, and it's just like, Okay, how do I, I say, what do you do how do that? I deal with this? Yeah, you know, well, because like, yeah, on the way, I love how independent this whole thing is, right? And and so it's kind of like, you know, well, how much are these dollars going to cost me? You know, so right. I mean, it's it's something that we just we'll we'll it's it's still kind of being discussed. Well, that's but, a good problem to have. And um, I every I, once in a while, something know. will be easy. Like we had a, we had someone approach us for the Seattle show. Um, they said that they approached us that we're a bottled water company. We're in Bothell, Washington, which is just right down sure. the road from Seattle. Okay. Um, we'd like to be your your bottled water sponsor, and I mean conventions run on bottled Absolutely, water. Absolutely. So I was God, yeah. so I, I was like done. Sure. You're in, you know, and I'm welcome to geek them. You know, we're happy to have That's you. We terrific. are thirsty. Very good. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's nice that it's it's worked out. It's 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 cool that you know uh, I don't know everyone seems to be having a good time. And you know, I I just obviously it's not something I could do by myself. So I was able to um, you know I've, I've started several companies at this point, and what I've found really works out at least for me. And uh, just kind of set it up as an employee-owned thing, or a, you know, make everyone partners. And then everyone just, you know, does the best because, you know, they got some skin in the game and it it works, you know, and then I get, and that way we can all go on, you know, I can say, all right, let's all, we did a good job. Let's go to Fiji. Man, that's a good post-convention kind of destination. It's all chill in <laughs> Fiji for a weekend. Very nice. No, dude, honestly, I think that's great. And on in the face of I think at the top level, and uh, comic fans are well aware, uh, likely of some of the things that are going on at the top convention level. Wizard mm-hmm. and all of its uh, financial uh, shenanigans, for a better uh, mm-hmm. you know, to put it mildly, uh, and also a little bit of greed, I think, at some of the bigger conventions, and yeah. and that's the thing. And I think well, this is the that, solution. This is this is I think <laughs> I think I think I have. I tend to have really, uh, I think I have good ideas for businesses. Um, I also know that I have, uh, I have this thing where <laughs> I'll set up a company, and it's prop, it, it, you know, it'll do well and it'll be profitable, but it's somehow capped. Um, so, for so, with Geekcraft Expo, it's a free show. And I said, "That's wow! It's always going to be free. Wow! So we get that's the way it's got to be. That's true. And uh, it's kind of it's like written in stone. Good for <laughs> so you, there's man. no go, no going back now. So I mean, they they make enough to support themselves, and you know the the and it's you know the, the, it turns a profit. It's not a huge profit, but 
it's fun and I feel good about it. I hear you. And that's really the coolest thing about kind of where I am now is that I feel good about the things that I do. And uh, I just, I, I, I don't even feel the need to like even explain them, <laughs> I hear you. which is probably, you know, doesn't make much sense just, <laughs> just to say that during an interview about myself. Well, I think you made enough of sense that I think people are going to go to geekcraft expo and, uh, dot com and, and, and see where you're going to be. And it's, that's true. Well, it's fun. And, and, it, it actually is a fairly cool website to look through because um, – Are people selling through, thing, through at the website as well? No. Nah, no, nah, we okay. don't get involved in their, their commerce. Okay. Um, but what we do is we uh, interview them, and so you kind of get a chance to, to meet the, the geek behind the craft. Terrific. Um, because, you know, their stories are super cool. Sure. Uh, sure. Uh, how they kind of ended up doing this and kind of hearing about, I don't know, you know, how, why, right. you know, well, we're all, how, how did you end up doing this? Yeah. Cause it's so unique and, and it's, and it's, it's usually of some variation of, well, I just thought it would be really cool if I just, this thing would be really cool. And then either it, it didn't exist, or it didn't existed in a in a form that was not cool to you. them. So they decided to change it. It's basically the same story as me, you know, coming up with the with the with the show. Well, yeah, um, <laughs> the show and and your kid's cradle. No, it, yeah, oh, I yeah. want that. It doesn't exist. Fine, I'll make it. it well, yeah, and 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 that's. Uh, I mean, I. Probably me and probably you know every other comic creator, be they a writer or, or artist or whatever, you know we all have this kind of oh, compulsion do. to 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 make things to to, well, that's how to we're create going. something. That's how my podcast to, was created, man. I mean, I literally yeah. I'm like I I knew there were a couple other comic book related podcasts out there, and I'm like well, that's okay, mm -hmm. but if I were to do it, I'd do it this way, and it's like mm -hmm. well, what's keeping me from doing it? And eleven years later, this Nothing. is what I'm doing. So yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah. No, that, that some of us, some of us don't have that gene that allows you to just sit back and complain about it. <laughs> well, or do I, something I, about I the complaint, really. Solve yeah, the problem yeah. as opposed to just saying, God, it's a shame this doesn't exist. And then we mm -hmm. take that extra step and it's like, well, why don't I do it? And see what, it, you know, so let's yeah. see what happens. And no, I, you know, yeah, no, I get it. I, that's awesome. I want to, I want to talk about other things though. So I don't want to. Sure, sure, that. sure. I mean, we, we, you know, we could have a four hour Bendis kind of tape. Uh, <laughs> you um, you've got a comics collective that you put together with some other creators. Yeah, um, this is. Um, uh, I guess it, it, it maybe about a year ago. Um, it uh, I was at a convention, and I was just sitting there talking with a bunch of other comic book creators, and you know, it, it's I enjoy doing that. It, it any show, it's like the, my favorite part because you, know, you get to talk shop with people who understand what the hell you're talking about. You know, it, it's not the same as if you if you're talking to like a fan of, of particularly of your work. Um, there, it's not the same thing. You know, whereas if you're talking with someone, yeah, I don't know, it'd be, it'd be the same as you know, you're a pipe fitter. You know, and you sit around with a bunch, you, know, you talk and you can use terms that only only they'll understand. Because that's how that's how you quantify it. That's how you know you those are the terms that you think in. Um, 
and I just enjoyed it so much. And then just kind of not just talking about the, the, the craft itself, but, you know, talking about um, experiences and, and um, you know, things that went that went well and things that didn't go well. And, you know, working with this company versus that company or, or you know, setting up a deal with with, you know, this other company, you know, all the stuff that um, kind of lands on our plate. And even, you know, even if like me and you have an agent, you still, it behooves you to be as informed as possible because if your only point of information is your agent, you, you might be in trouble, you know? Um, so I just, it, just kind of transparency, you know, open flow of information. And that's, it can be kind of hard to come by, um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, and it's probably not just in this business, but anytime you have kind of proprietary content issues or, you know, exclusive people are particularly companies are going to not be so crazy about people talking out of school, you know? Um, so I, I was thinking to myself, I, I would love to have kind of a group of, of, of other creators uh, that I could just, you know, bounce things off of or kind of pool, pool resources with. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, I've always been kind of jealous of, of I would meet, you know, comic book creators that are kind of, they'll, they'll either live in an area or, where there's a, a bunch of comic book creators and they'll get together regularly. I've always lived out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> right, you know, and there's I've never really had you know like a, my my comic book crew, you know, and uh, I said, well, you know, let's maybe try to do that. So I started reaching out to to other uh, creators who I I knew and whose work I really respected, and this the idea kind of kind of coalesced that we would. Uh, form like a, a collective, you know, where we just kind of, like I said, pool resources and kind of, you know, help each other out, like in all aspects of this stuff. So um, currently, it's it's called Comics Channel. It's me, uh, Jen, and Sylvia Saska, who are mainly, you know, filmmakers and and, and uh, you know, writers. They've been doing quite a bit of work for uh, Marvel lately. Oh, um, I didn't realize that. That's awesome. Oh yeah, I'm the film cider. Um, well, they've 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 uh, they they've got some comic book work out there, but okay. they've got more work in the pipeline. Got it. Um, the uh, well, James Asmus, uh, who's great. James, great because uh, it's a funny story. So um, after uh, you know a, a few years ago, um, when I finally uh, decided that. Uh, yeah, I was either going to finally do all these creator-owned story ideas or I was going to continue writing for Marvel because at that point it was painfully obvious that I could never do both. And I had to kind of make the jump and, you know, not not renew my contract and stuff. Um, yeah, I was panicking a little bit. So I was like, well, I want to, you know, I'll just pick up some piecemeal work here and there just because I'd been used to, you know, that. Uh, really fast cycle, you know, of cranking up books at Marvel. Sure. 
you know, if you're not on the shelf, then like you don't exist. Right. I've, I've since found out that's absolutely not the case. Well, that's Um, good. You can take your time and, you know, then you put it out and the audience is still there. Um, so I'd actually uh, reached out to a former editor of mine who was at, um, Valiant at that point. And I said, uh, I think, you know what I think I could really knock out of the park is Quantum and Woody. I'd really have a good time with that. And he says, yeah, we're, we already got that set up with someone. And uh, I was like, well, you know, if it doesn't work out, you know, you got my number. And then I went to a convention. I met James. And <laughs> it, in a conversation, you haven't mentioned these. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing Quantum and Woody. And I was like, ah, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and, but then I started, you know, once I'd met him, you know, I I hadn't really read a lot of his work before. Actually, I, as it turned out, I realized I had read one of his books previously. It was like Brahm and someone like, like Go to Hell or The End Times. Anyway, it was an image book, and I thought it was really funny. Cool. Um, and so I started reading it, and I was like, man, this guy's hilarious. You know, he's killing it on that book. I was like, all right, you know, now I'm glad that I'm glad it worked out because I wouldn't want to follow him, you know. <laughs> but the other cool thing about James is that he's worked in a lot of different, you know, uh, mediums. He's, he's done, uh, stage plays and, and, you know, written for television and produced and stuff. I mean, he's done like stuff for the history channel. And so he's, it's, you know, it's something that it's another aspect of, you know, scripted entertainment and it let, you know, so I talking to him, it comes by my knowledge base. And of course, you know, with Jen and Sylvie, you know, they're on film and of course they have, uh, uh, their elevator TV show on, on game show network right now. And, uh, and, and then who else? We've got Victor Gishler and I've known Victor for a while. Um, yeah, he's funny funny and he's, but he's also, you know, he's got that mean streak in him, you know, like, uh, you know, pistol poets and stuff where I just, he's got that kind of dirty South thing going on. And I I don't know. I I just think Victor's huge. You know, he's, he's got, he's, very talented guy, and he's super nice. Um, then uh, yeah. I got him Cliff Bumgarner, and he's kind of a, a, a noob on the scene, but um, he kind of reminds me of me. Is that his his first? Uh, you know, I went, I wrote one comic book. It's called Violet Lifestyle, and I, I won a Zero Grant for that. And then, you know. A matter of weeks after that came out, Axel Alonso from Marvel called me and said, you know, you want to write Spider-Man. Um, Cliff's first writing gig was working on uh, the one of the Miller World annuals, you know. So he's like, I'm going to give this a shot. And then he submitted oh, it and won. You know, it, sure. had like a, like, it was like a cattle call, you know. I mean, that's a – I would hate – I would yeah. hate no, to, I go, when Mark to do that, that you know. Yeah. Man, like I got to go against everybody, you know. Uh, and then, but he's also, he's a filmmaker. He's mostly, you know, documentarian. And he just did this, uh, he did a documentary on a, a local comic book convention. I thought that was really good. And he's, you know, young and just like on fire, you know what I mean? And, and so he's another guy that's got like cool a skill set, you know, it's like I'm assembling the A team. And, and, you know, a lot of us have, you know, if you want to do a Kickstarter, then, having a great video is important, you know? And so it's just like, well, we can call it Cliff. Absolutely. <laughs> He's pretty handy with a camera and an editing bay. Um, then, uh, 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 me, 
I don't know. I, I think that might be all of us. Me, Vic, Jen and Sylvie, James. Yeah. At this point, the, there's the five of us. But you know, I've, I've spoken to a couple other creators about it. And, it. and it's not like we're, you know, we're like, I guess you could call us a virtual studio. But, you know, we're, we just kind of work together. Um, not just, you know, we work together on projects, help each other out. Um, you know, because especially with creator own books. So, you know, as writers are like, hey, you know, I got this great idea. And then you find an artist who's stuff you like, and you reach out to them and you're like, and you find out that they just signed a, you know, they just signed on to do something with well, another creator, you know, or so it, it's, you know, so I, let's say, you know, I'm working with an artist and someone else in the group is like, that artist stuff is fantastic. What, um, when are you guys wrapping that up? I can tell them and then, you know, I can, you can kind of have some, uh, you know, when they're available, you know, and then, so not only can we keep an artist, you know, working and and keeping the the lights on that, you know, we're not working against each other. We're not scrapping over, you know, sure. Resources. Um, the other thing is like, (laughs) and this happens a lot where, uh, especially, and again, with, with creator own books is that a lot of times, you know, your creator own book comes out. It's not like it's you versus Marvel and DC. It's usually you versus all the other creator own yes. books. Cause that's kind of how, uh, I, I guess probably, you know, probably most comic book stores kind of do their budgeting. You know, they're like, well, I spend, you know, this much Marvel, this much DC. Right, and that's what's left. Uh, and what's left yeah. Is and then this is how we divvy it up. Yep. So also, you're actually you're slugging it out with your other, your other you know uh, creators, right? Well, that's the individual over... customer as well. They're going to buy mm-hmm. their regular Marvel and DC titles, mm-hmm. and then what's left is yeah. Then I'll try and experiment with a Boom book or a Valiant book mm-hmm. or an image. Yeah, obviously, yeah. So we can kind of at least among the five of us, at least we know that we're not stepping on each other's toes. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's something. Sure. Um. And, I mean, hell, sometimes it's just as, as basic as, you know, uh, you know, I'm going to be at C2E2, you know, uh, anybody else, you know, we can like gang up on a booth or something. Right, right. You know? Like the uh, Bernard Chang and Joe yeah, Thompson. the Boulevard guys. Boulevard, yeah. Exactly. That's what I was yeah. going to say. I thought it was Boulevard. No, I think mm-hmm. that's you guys pull your resources as, a, as far as conventions go. Yeah. And also with with individual projects. I think that's really smart. I think that's yeah. great. And then you got good people with the. Yeah, and, and with the the website is kind of like a, it's like an aggregate news site of what we're doing. Sure, you know, so you go to one place and you find out about us, and and you know, obviously, hope, we're hoping for you know cross promotion amongst our, you know, separate fan bases. Certainly, you know, if you like, you know, if you like gun theory, then I can point. You know, you should probably be checking out this stuff by Victor Absolutely. or you know or okay. Vengeance by James and or by Jen and Sylvie. Okay. You know. Okay. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of sure. stuff like that. And, no, it makes and, sense, man. And this is the other thing, and, and this kind of loops us back to gun theory. Since we have this kind of dedicated uh, real estate on the Internet, um, for content that we own, we can put up these massive previews. <laughs> like I put up – there's the first 34, 34 pages of gun theory are on there right now. You know, I mean, that's that's a pretty good – uh, sample try it before you buy absolutely. it kind of situation right absolutely i mean uh, and I'm, frankly i mean if i can't snag you in 34 pages then you know I, all right 
What's fair enough? What's the URL? You don't like it. What's the URL again for the collective? It's easy. Comics, C-O-M-I-X, channel.com. Comicschannel.com. You know, once you, when you, when you go to that, like the first thing that comes up is whatever the current, uh, you know, preview is. Okay. You know, Gun Theory will be up there for a while and then um, someone else will put their stuff on sure. there. Eventually, there'll be a way to navigate, you know, different things. But, okay. um, you know, we're kind of, we haven't even really done a formal announcement yet because I think, I don't know, that's really, that really wasn't the point. Uh um, but uh, it's just kind of we're just kind of rolling it out quietly, you know, yeah, seeing how it all works. All, yeah, with all of your mutual audiences, probably directing yeah, everyone besides, there, and that, that's great. Yeah, because frankly, the only what we'd have to do with all of us being, you know, otherwise employed and quite busy is, you know, we'd have to bring in someone to do. You know, you, you bring in a, a marketing person, right. you know, and and. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes it works out well. Sometimes uh, he just – even I don't want to read those you know, press releases. Right. And well, and it, all, of you, like, all of you doing it this way, it's more organic, and I mean that's the thing. So I do think that it's – you're likely to get a more uh, active, interested group of people because then you become part of uh, Asmus's group, and, and, you mm-hmm. know, and so you know, that's, that's great. No, that's true. I mean, I've seen that work. Uh, God, uh, there was an Image Central message board for years in the mm-hmm. early 2000s. I would go there as as just a reader, and that's where you know Claymore was there, and and mm-hmm. Kirkman was there, and I, I'm um, you know I'm I'm, I'm blanking. Also, uh, Johns and Rucka, and I forget, and Gail Simone. I think we're all oh, yeah. one collective message board for a long time, and, mm-hmm. and certainly the Bendis board became like that. You know, yeah. I mean, so no, I, that doesn't surprise me, and I and I think that's a, I, I think that's the best way because I, I again I think it comes off more genuine than, you know, hey, it's my daily blurb from the marketing guy that you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I wish they were well, bigger that's, than you know they. I, I, that's why I'm really kind of. Uh, that's why I, I love the idea of being able to just put the work out there, sure. because I mean I've written I've written so many preview solicitations i don't think people a lot of people realize that you know for the longest time it was, it was on the writer to, to write those things wow but you could only basically say one thing you know like right. this is the one you have to buy it. don't miss right. this blah, blah. you know and now they're just like bullet points but it's they all say the same thing well you know? and again like, that's another reason why i wanted to do word balloon was to give art writers and artists a chance yeah. to talk a little bit more and and really understand the book or the idea, and and you mm-hmm. know let let the listener and reader know mm-hmm. what the product really is, as opposed to that little thumbnail paragraph <laughs> in previews. No, I get it. Right. Absolutely. Man. Yeah. Hey. And I'm and at this point, I also um, because people have have asked me, you know, like you know, aren't, aren't you you know you put all that stuff up online? Aren't aren't you worried about them stealing it? It's like they're gonna if. Thieves are going to steal. You know, it's going to get stolen anyway. The 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 uh, I've got advanced copies of the book sitting down in my in my front hall right now. Um, it's as soon as the first one goes out in the world, it's you know right. It's going to be bit torrented <laughs> and exactly. Yeah, I, know. I mean, yeah, I know what I, and I've you know, no one, <laughs> no one understands. I mean, I've had. I, if if I ever I want to either feel, I don't know, the, the if uh, when I was doing a, a bunch of stuff at Marvel, 
I would sometimes go and look at the torrent sites and I would know at least, you know, based on, um, you know, the sales figures because from the paperwork that I had. So I, I knew like how many books would at least go out into the direct market in the U S and, uh, you know, this, this copy of this issue at Deadpool, you know, it, it 80,000 copies and you look on the torrent site Eight million times. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So the fact of the matter is, it's you know it's going to be taken anyway. So why not use it? Why not just just take advantage of the fact that you know I'm I give this much away for free, and then you know, but you have to buy the rest at least for a while <laughs> until someone scans all those pages in. No, I get it, and but I don't know. I think it it might be. Uh, my, my theory is that it's actually. I I don't. I think there. I don't think it's two wholly separate audiences, but I, I don't think the crossover is total. I I I don't. I've. I, I don't even particularly like to read comics on the screen unless they're web comics because somehow that just works for me. Um, you know, I, I I like them on paper. I like the tactile, whole fetishistic thing about it. Um, but I've met people that that have only ever read comics online, and they've never paid for them, and they've been reading comics for you know ten, twelve, fifteen years. Understood. You know, I think we just kind of we the the market wasn't there for them when it should have been, so they did their own thing, and now there's no putting the genie back in the bottle. I understand, and well, again, the good news is I think you're finding. Uh... I don't. I think there. You know. I. I agree. Maybe it is a little exclusive. All I know is your name is out there more, and I think mm-hmm. ultimately it will help you build your readership. Uh, oh yeah. You know, so, I think. I yeah, think a lot. It's, of, it's, I it's think not... a lot of today's torrenters are also uh, people who can't afford things right now, and eventually could be. Uh, you know. You know, and I, I understand point, that. You know, so. and it's it's a bit of an expensive habit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I used to have I used to have a studio space actually inside a comic book store, right? So you know I would at, you know Wednesdays I would wander out on the floor and I would I would see you know same people over and over again, and they have their you know they'd walk around and then get a stack of books. And of course, when they go to to pay, then they would say, "Oh, yeah, I'm box number da 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 da." Now comes this other pile, you know, and you. Every little, you know, every comic in that stack, you know, you multiply that by three, four dollars. Sure. Like, geez, man, you know, that's like you're, every week, huh? That's that's a mortgage payment, you know? Yeah, I hear you, man. No, but it's, it, it, I believe me, every time they raise the book price, I'm like, really? Yeah, especially when you're like, you know, well, I read, you know, I'm probably on the very much the light end, but I probably read. 12 monthly books um and sometimes they ship twice a month you know so the yeah every time you know but like i said i'm i'm a, i'm a, a, a recreational user right so <laughs> a lot of people are, you know they're reading you know 30 40 books a week so yeah when your you know, price goes up a dollar that it that's uh you know 120 to 160 dollars a month increase True. I can. I definitely sympathize. Yeesh. Well, listen. While we're talking about, and we mentioned Deadpool, I had mm-hmm. two questions for you to close out on. Yeah. Because uh, one, what'd you think of the movie? I loved it. 
I was actually I was pretty lucky. Um, uh, Tim Miller, you know, the director, mm-hmm. uh, had contacted me years ago, um, uh, and he had sent me the script and he sent me some um, footage that he had shot. It was all CGI, and uh, he's like, you know, I just wanted to get your thoughts on it, and I was like, okay, here we go, and went through the script and. You know, we'd been emailing each other back and forth for for a couple of years, and at that point, Tim was just at war with Fox. You know, and it was it was, um, and not that he ever asked, but I was like, well, you can probably get away with it if you just kind of change this, this, this. No, no, no. And and see, you know, Tim is like a total sweetheart with like this like rebar wrapped around his spine like he's just he i think he can just afford to be so gracious be, you know i don't know his his will does not bend <laughs> and um he if to his credit i that's why that movie is the way it is you know i think or at least it's a big part of it because you know over the years that he he slugged it out with the studio at any given time if he had just said, all right, fine, it would have been, all right, green light, make a movie. You know, it's not like they're not in the business of putting movies in theaters. But he held out, you know, and took the took the hard road. And then, luck, you know, fortunately, the, you know, things shifted around. And um, I think at the end he told me he just had to adjust the budget and then he was off to the races. That's cool. And, um, and you know, he invited me out to the set and we got to – Got to kind of see everything oh, cool. and um, walking around this aluminum recycling uh, uh, place outside of Vancouver. And he's pointing up at the sky and he's like, so and there's nothing there, you know, and he's like, well, that's going to be well, you know, it's going to be like a like a helicarrier. But, you know, we can't we can't actually be a helicarrier. <laughs> that's going to be up there and it's going to be tilted and da 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 da. And I'm like. And I'm looking at this, and he's and there's he's got these huge like crane things. They're all stuck up in the air, and and I'm looking around, and I'm like, I don't see any of that, Tim. <laughs> but you obviously do, and I mean, because he would, you know, he would shoot something and then stop, and then you know, movie set, you know, everybody stand around, and the other thing, and and then you know, watch uh, uh, someone get thrown into the dirt and <laughs> thrown through a door, and. And uh, it all looks so small, you know, when they're filming it. And then yes. you see it on the screen and holy cow, you know, it just looks epic in scope, you know. <laughs> no, I do. You know, that reminds me when uh, the first Avengers movie was in production and mm-hmm. somebody with a with a cell phone camera caught pictures of um, Cap and Thor fighting. And mm-hmm. it looked like two cosplay people fighting. It didn't look like Chris Evans and Hemsworth at full tilt, and with all the angles and all the big budget and the movie. It looks like it it. looks like that that Masters of the Universe movie from the eighties. They're just walking down the street, and you're like, "Dude, you look ridiculous." Yes, exactly. Or you know, and I've you can you can you know you see like a guy dressed up as Wolverine on the show floor, and you're like, "Man, that's a good costume." The dynamic of that whole thing changes when you're just randomly in the elevator with that dude, you know, and you're like heading up to like the 34th floor and you're like, all right, there's a dude here in a skin tight suit. Well, 
Yeah, but, but but like you said, give it the proper ca- uh, camera angles, throw some CGI <laughs> yeah. behind it, and a good music score, and it's completely different. Yeah. Be- and and it again, huge. yeah, and it, and it's not that um, outsider bystander snapshot mm-hmm. that the guy got, but the the angles that the filmmakers and crew intended. Mm-hmm. No, I get it, and and really, we're gonna see. It's gonna be very interesting. I don't know if Miller is going to come back or if the door is firmly shut as far as him doing the second movie. Um, no, I think it's pretty shy. I think so too, actually. Yeah, yeah and I, you know, God, I uh, big mistake. But yeah, I mean, no, the guy. I don't know. You know Tim's not on his part. On, I, on Fox's part, oh, I'm saying. I'm saying well, on Fox's. Well, part. You know, the you know, I I don't want to discount um, uh, Ryan Reynolds' uh, oh, contribution. Sure. You know, because sure. the uh, and he's still attached. You know, and True. and it was. I feel you know at the heart of it, it was those two guys. Um, so I don't think they're, they're, I don't, I don't think that it's doomed. Um, but I don't know. I would, I would just hope that they kind of stick with, uh, the formula. uh, winning formula. Yeah. yeah. Although um, also if it's too similar, that's a problem too. It is. So it'll but, be interesting. Well, I mean, it, it, when you look at, you know, the first Deadpool film, there's, it's not like it covers a hell of a lot of ground. You know, you have an origin story, an interesting origin story, but it's, it's, it, it, it's broken up into small parts and shot through with a pretty direct line story. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to chase down this guy, this guy, this guy, it's going to lead to this guy. And, you know, it's very revenge chop style story. Um, so they could, my hope is that they just kind of blow open the scope of the story for the second one, you know, and the characterization and everything they've already got dialed in right? and kind of the, the, how to frame it. Um, I just, my, my hope would be for a more kind of expansive story. Well, but because that sounds I, like I, that's why Miller left was because he wanted a more expansive story and maybe, and I'm, I'm thinking more also obviously from a budget standpoint, mm-hmm. but that's the thing. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, maybe Tim will tell me. You know, he's kind of busy. He's kind of busy right now. He, you know, he, uh, he just emailed me, I don't know, about a month ago, but, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was great. And what was funny is that when we flew in to Vancouver to visit the set, the day I got there was the day they were shooting all that stuff on the, uh, uh overpass, uh, you know, the big shootout scene. Uh-huh. And so I jump into the cab, you know, and the cab driver is livid because traffic on the overpass is locked up. You know, so and it's uh, oh no, it wasn't a cab; it was an Uber. You know, it was like the price is locked in, and this he had like go around and take me through this neighborhood and that one. You know, where and he's he's like some you know some fucking movie, blah 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Just <laughs> looking over at Kimmy. Don't don't say anything. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's very. Cool. Yeah. No, that's cool, man. I. Uh, so yeah, you said you had uh, a couple of questions. Is that is that the only? Well, one? the only one other one I wanted to wrap up with, and I don't mean to sound like a downer, but I, I noticed that you're probably the first collaborator with Steve Dillon that I've uh, had a chance to talk to since his passing. Yeah. And, yeah. Any, yeah. Any thoughts on uh, on Steve? I miss him. I miss him terribly. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't. I, I don't know this for certain, but I think, you know, I don't, I I think the only person that worked with him more than me, at least in the past 20 years or so, was Garth. 
you know, Steve and I did, I don't know, 50 issues yeah. of various books together. That's kind of why I, I and, really want to hear what and, you think. Yeah, man. And, and uh, so, I mean, when I when I've, I first met Steve, we had already been kind of married. Uh, we got put on a book together. And that was that was a huge thing for me. Steve was an artistic hero to me. I was a huge fan of Steve's work. You know, from uh, Hellblazer to, to Preacher, and then, you know, just he was like to me, he, to me, he, he was my my favorite artist to work with. He was he was a writer's artist in general, but he could just pull off that a lot of people in this media can do. You know, just the nuance of it, and um, um, he. <laughs> Even though he was only like twelve years older than me, like I probably said a hundred times, you know, I'd ask him to adopt me, and uh, and he's like, "Well, I'm only this much older than you." And I was like, "Yeah, but you're cool. I mean, you probably could have banged my mom." Um, but um, you know, I don't I, I don't want to say too much here, but I knew Steve was sick, um, but I also knew that. After um, Steve, a long time dealing with a lot of unhappiness and a lot of frustration, and then at least this past two years or so, um, this, particularly with the preacher deal, two three years, the, the the preacher deal finally kind of arriving at something, and and not only coming out that I think it that really reinvigorated him and because uh, all of a sudden he was kind of you know, back in the box and taking swings, you know, he was back, he was drawing Punisher. He was working on another book. Uh, um, hell he was doing, you know, covers. <laughs> he was, he was, it was, and I don't know if it's like, I, I, I know that he knew he was sick and, I don't know if that was part of it. Like if he just wanted to go out, I, I, I don't know, but I guess the saddest part is that, you know, I, I've known Steve for a long, I, sorry, I, I knew Steve for a long time and, uh, I knew him as a very unhappy person for quite a long time. And then, uh, he, the, uh, that, that changed and it just, in some ways, I guess it kind of made it harder and that's why it made it really hard, you know, at the end. Um, it, it, it was, it was going to happen. Um, uh, it's definitely sooner than anyone wanted it to. And it was just a matter of how, how long it could be kind of put off. And, uh, but yet when it happened, I would, um, I actually, uh, a, a friend of mine, uh, and a guy who I've worked with, is a um, creative director at the video game uh, studio in Stockholm. Uh, he texted me, and uh, I was. Uh, he says, what, "Have you? Have you? What's going on? Why am I? Why am I reading online that, that Steve Dillon has died?" And I'm like, "Oh God, no." You know, like you're just never ready for it. Yeah. And uh, I made a couple of calls and you know, kind of got the 
we got the confirmation and it was just like just hurt <laughs> hurt really bad my only the only thing that kind of um lessened it is that i would teach i would tell steve all the time how much i loved him i genuinely did and and just because of a lot of the, the things that that i've been through and and you just if you if you feel it say it you know cool. and and i would tell him that and i would you know and i, I would be able to you know, he would he would call me <laughs> You know, at uh, and he would be calling me at like eight o'clock at night. I'm like, Steve, what time is it? Where you are? Where are you? Um, but yeah, but, but we would just talk about stuff, and I enjoyed that. And you know, he gave me a lot of advice, and uh, I don't know, he's just a good friend to me. Uh, he, was, he was a hero, and then he's, you know, my my collaborator, and he's my friend, and I respected him, and I loved him. I hear you, man. I, I just miss him terribly. No, I understand, and I appreciate you opening up about it and everything because it is fresh, and it's uh, it's the worst. So, you know, yeah. But uh, it's been a it's been a tough year. Bad man, I know, uh, I know. Jesus, I really Darwin was a, was another friend, and Darwin yeah. at that one. God, I mean, I didn't know Darwin as well, but um, just... uh, the I, and and I, I had no idea that Darwin was sick. You know, so yeah, I believe that, me, was, I, that was a shock. I understand, man. I was I had an interview with Ted Adams uh, from IDW, and um, it, it's, mm-hmm. it was about a month or so before the news that he was going into hospice and everything. And certainly, it was only a day or two after that that he had passed. Um, yeah, and I had, had said, you know, I'm, I was such a fan of, uh, I mean, all of his work, but in particular. The Parker novels, the adaptations, uh-huh. and I'm like, Gia, you know, it's, I hope that we'll be getting some more of that. And Ted very awkwardly is like, well, we love our work with Darwin. We hope that, you know, it mm-hmm. that there is more coming. And it was just this very awkward thing, and they didn't think anything of it un- until mm-hmm. – and I thought maybe there was a contract problem or what, but then, right. you, yeah, you got the worst. You got the worst news. And, huh? yeah, I only met him a couple yeah. times, but he was always very sweet to me. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's – <laughs> Yeah, that thing. was the thing with Darwin. You know, if he decided, you know, he liked you, and it was usually like – uh, if he, if particularly if it was late in the night at the bar, yeah. and if he could get along with you then, then you guys were pretty much friends. There you go. Now, right. if he decided that you guys weren't going to get along, you probably were never going to get over that. <laughs> I know those stories as well. Yes, indeed. No, I. Uh, yeah, it's like you said, man. Twenty sixteen has just been a. It's it's just been a horrible year for a lot of people and yeah. the survivors as well. I mean, you know, yeah, it's, it's yeah. All right, well, there we go. We're sort of end on a downer, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, no, we'll bring it back up. Hey, seriously, I, I'm really glad that Gun Theory is coming out. Uh, yeah, Dark me too. Horse. So congratulations on that. The, well, thanks. I, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I, I mean, I hope people read it. Eh? Um, I, I just I hope they enjoy it. I, I, and I just hope that they appreciate the fact that um, if they – um, you know, if someone is reads the book and they're like, you know, this isn't like that other thing that he wrote, and it, then just keep in mind that was the point. Sure. You know, I, I I was trying to do something different, and I'll find out in a few years whether I actually succeed. <laughs> but in the meantime, I'll just be working on 
the next thing and then the next thing and you know I, the goal isn't to get it right it's just to I'll keep going keep doing it absolutely yeah. there's no finish line man it's the journey mm-hmm. and uh no i honestly and uh uh i want to say it right uh geekcraftexpo.com check that out yeah that for uh future shows and uh, some really neat uh, artisans that are getting together in every town and uh showing their geek craft that sounds awesome. <laughs> and, uh, and, and again, it's comics. Uh, co- comics. Comics channel. Comics channel with an X. Comics with an X. Yes. C O M I S channel. And, com. and read the first thirty plus pages of Gun Theory there, and again, that's a good way to figure out if you want to make that purchase or not. Dan Way and uh, man, I'll tell you, you should uh, check out Gun Theory from Dark Horse Comics, and uh, if you are on the uh, trail of his. Uh, geek expos um you should do that as well <laughs> and i hope you enjoyed today's episode of word balloon i uh, not the only episode you're going to hear today from word balloon in fact uh we're going to be doubling up on episodes as we head to christmas because uh, so many more people are uh, on with time sensitive books that deserve your attention and uh, i'm very excited to be uh, talking to these creators among them uh you're going to hear from mark andraco uh, talking about Love is Love, that very nice IDW DC anthology uh, that supports the victims and their uh, f- extended families uh, from the Orlando shooting tragedy from this year. Uh, really marked it something positive and got everybody together and uh, has made an incredible anthology that really deserves your attention. So we talk about that on Word Balloon. Ryan Brown is back to uh, give us more tips on uh, creator books. We talk, of course, about God Hates Astronauts, but also his new book, Curse Words, with Charles Soule. And it's a great opportunity to talk to him about the new book. And again, compare what he's doing with Image with what he's doing when he self-publishes as well. So uh, you'll learn more from Ryan Brown in that next episode of Word Balloon. Mark Andreco and Ryan Brown coming up. Today's episode was brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. You know, it's the uh, closing days of the holiday. Two things to consider. One, uh, great late-minute uh, shopping at InStockTrades.com. But also, um, you know, uh, in that post-Christmas, oh, my God, I got gift cards or I got, you know, money from uh, relatives and I don't know how to blow them. Well, you know what I mean, the money. <laughs> Do it at InStockTrades.com because they have tremendous books at great prices. And, um, man, it's a great way to uh, fill in the collection with the books you're looking for at prices you can't beat. Your favorite writers and artists are waiting for you at great prices. InStockTrades.com. All right. Thanks again for listening to Word Balloon. Uh, Keep your eyes peeled for another episode right down the barrel because they're going to come fast and furious this week uh, as we head to Christmas and even beyond right up to the new year. So, uh, man, my, my uh, dance uh, card is full. I'll tell you, my, my, my toes are killing me because I uh, just waltzed with Daniel Way. I got Mark Andreco and Ryan Brown coming up. Neil Holman from Archer, TV's Archer, uh, The Art of Archer, coffee table book, is coming up. And we're going to talk about that and uh, let you know that's available this week. Great details about uh, the TV series and this excellent book. So also coming up later this week on Word Balloon. And a couple more things that I want to keep quiet until they happen. But uh, I am happy to share that information with you. uh, And uh, looking forward to talking to you again later this week and through the end of this year. Until next time, Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions. Copyright 2016.